0: just realizing that like it's mine to own first and foremost it is not something that someone else should be dictating for me or me trying to live up to someone else's expectation or what like they see for me but just coming to the realization that like it's something like you got to figure out for yourself what's going to like make you happy <laughs>
1: Through conversation, we can learn to ask new questions and receive insight from how people have uniquely crafted their life. Our goal in you listening to these episodes is that you find strategies, tools, and explore a life well-lived for you. Our team here at MG Method works really hard to make these conversations happen. A way that you can contribute to the group is to review, share, and subscribe to the podcast It helps us continue these conversations so if you hear something today that moves you in any way shape or form please feel free to share on social or send it to one of your friends and family that you love and you want to grow with this is a part of the podcast where we get to share with you some of our favorite things with hope that you can bring them into your world Hugh kitchen has chocolate bars that we are wild about they maintain integrity with their ingredients they avoid gluten refined sugar, palm oil, dairy, and are certified organic. My favorite flavor is dark chocolate. I'm a simple gal, but there's a huge selection available to you on HueKitchen.com. And if you input the code MGMETHOD, you get 15% off. We are in a time right now that is at the precipice of Change and evolution and growth. And so, part of that conversation that we start to reflect in and think about is you know, how do we want to show up in the world? How do we want to feel? What ways or narratives have we been programmed with regard to our identity, to our gender, to our sexuality, to the way that we move in the world? And I grew up with a father from the South and, you know, very kind of conventional and traditional understanding of you know, how he felt that men were supposed to behave in the world. And, you know, we would have conversations back and forth about, you know, the beautiful part of those traditions and showing up for those moments, but also its limitations. And so as I started to figure out, you know, who I like to spend time around and who I'm challenged by and who I, who I appreciate, I, Started to think about the group, and I started to think about who I wanted to bring into this season that can help us, you know, explore those conversations. And Alric is someone that I felt was such a colorful representation of someone who is exploring artistry and femininity and masculinity and creation. And it's been fun to, as a content producer and someone who's worked in the space to seek out people who not only have really gifted talent, and I can see that through his aesthetics, through his feed, through his work as a graphic designer, but also in the way that they're curating their life. And so it started as this kind of appreciation for this man who would go to the downtown market and pick out some fresh blooms or create a a beautiful meal and show some of the way that he sees the world. And so we started thinking about you know what, let's bring him in and have this conversation. We want to know more about this man. We want to know more about his upbringing, the way that he has allowed himself to essentially blossom in front of our eyes over the course of the last year or so. So in this conversation with him, we have a a moment to really pop into his world to see what it's like being raised in the South to learn what it was like to have, a, you know, trying relationships sometimes at times with his father or in a community in which he didn't necessarily feel completely understood. And I know many of you listening to the podcast are in a place in your life where you're trying to find your group and your understanding of your positioning in the world and what you want to hold on to and what you might want to let go of. And I think that this conversation is such a catalyst for you to start to think about those things, to think about what's true for you and what you'd like to dive into and spend more time focusing on. Um, He gives us a beautiful invitation to spend more time doing uh, things that move us, things that we're compelled and curious about and also grow. He he shares with us some of the things that he's wanting to let go of and some of the things that he is having uh, revelations on in his life. What I love about him and what I, I hope that you can feel in this conversation is that he is very much someone who is in process, but feels true. Like he feels honest in his process. So he, by no means, it's not a a masterpiece of like of his life. It's still being crafted. I think he even mentions the word polish, you know, can we polish our way that we see things and the way that we interact with each other and the world and can kind of buff out pieces of our life that no longer serve us. I like that he makes me really think about being thoughtful with the way that I live and the way that he promotes experience. And experience doesn't have to be a really grand, big gesture. But I feel like if that's, you know, making a run to the grocery store or honoring tradition and legacy from like heritage and family and culture and art and music, he he does that. He embodies it. And I think that this is something that we all can bring into our own life and make it just feel a little bit more nostalgic, a little bit more rooted in potential legacy and really just view ourselves as artists my girls my guys my group this is mg method the podcast so where are you originally from?
0: Hattiesburg Mississippi it's a small town south Mississippi it's like an hour and a half north of New Orleans and an hour south of Jackson, which is like
1: the captain. And what would you say that culture is, for like where you're from? What was kind of your hometown dynamic and the way of life, how would you describe it?
0: It's definitely like a a small community. Everyone knows everyone. You know, you get in trouble, someone is calling your mother. You know, you're acting up and, oh, I saw such and such acting up at the park. By the time you get home, mom is waiting for you with the switch. But yeah, everyone kind of knows everyone. We kind of look out for each other, which is something I really appreciate about like the Southern culture. Yeah, we just really like pour into each other. And so like all of us are real close knit in that way.
1: We're always exploring how you know family influences you know who you are. What would you say your role was in your specific family?
0: I think just learning to be a like a protector and a provider. I think that that was something that my dad was very adamant about. So just learning like all the tools that he had learned like as a man. So basically being his shadow in a sense, and you know, with hopes of one day that like I would take over, you know, his duties or responsibilities, or if he was not able to handle any of those things, like I could step in, in his stead. Yeah, so just, I had a wide range of chores, cutting the yard, feeding and taking care of the dogs, obviously like cleaning the room, taking out the trash, whatever, like my mother or my sister needed help with around the house. Yeah, just basically just being able to to step in, you
1: know, for my father. And, you know, people kind of go back and forth now about like, oh, kids growing up now don't have, you know, the same upbringing. What's kind of your take on the way that children and people are kind of being raised now? How do you feel like it differs from your experience and what is some of the things that you enjoy about, you know, culture now for young kids?
0: I think with every generation, it'll change. You know, at at whichever point that I have kids, I hope to have kids one day. There'll be things that I'll obviously like do differently. Things that I've learned from like my family and my my parents. I've had little experience, and I don't want to assume what other people's upbringing is like or what, like this new generation. I just, as time would, I feel like it just makes sense that like you know my parents speak about how their upbringing was different than ours. My grandparents used to speak on how it was different than how they raised their children. So I think like naturally, hopefully, we we'll just continue to like move in a positive direction, where it's not necessarily like easier or lenient, but just, yeah, just better. You know, we're just like polishing, continuing to polish. I don't know if anyone is getting spoiled, (laughs) I don't know. Uh, But yeah, I mean, again, like, I would just hope that we just continue to to refine and polish, you know, just things that we learned from our childhood and, and want to give like our children or the next generation, like, a better version of ourselves.
1: What would you say your interests were as a child?
0: Oh, it was all over the place. I loved to read, loved to be outside. I loved animals. I loved any kind of sports. I thought I was gonna be a um, like a zoologist. I love Steve Irwin. I wanted like my own show when I grew up. I don't know why I, I got away from that. I think like maybe because I was into to sports and it kind of pulled me away. But yeah, I was just into everything. I was drawing, I was reading books I was even like science books whatever type of book that just seemed like it was interesting I was just into it. very rambunctious I think like I was constantly like talking or asking questions I was very inquisitive always like challenging why things were the way that they were like if it didn't make sense like logically to me I think like I asked a lot of questions and I'm sure I, I drove my mother
1: I was gonna ask crazy I was yeah. gonna ask yeah do you feel like people held space for that was it were you encouraged to Kind of no.
0: I, I think it's more of like a, or well, at least in the South, in like the family structures that I was in. It was kind of like, because I said so. You know, it was like that kind of thing. These, this is the way things are. So, like, it didn't matter if it didn't make sense to me, or maybe I thought like it could have been done in a different way. Like, you know, this is the way it is. These are rules. This is what I said, you know, and like it was kind of just left at that.
1: You know, for myself, from someone as me, you know, like a West Coast girl, we, we always heard about the South in very interesting ways and honestly, a lot of times I felt like the focus was on a lot of the pain that is deeply rooted in the South. What would you say is some of the beautiful things about the South that many people might not have ever heard?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it's definitely like ups and downs are everywhere. Family and community is very important. I think, you know, as I was saying earlier, we're all like very close, you know, from household to household to neighborhood to neighborhood. We don't really like travel too far away from home. Like, me coming to California was like huge. It was a huge deal for my family and even like for myself. The furthest like we move away from home is like the next city over or something, you know? I think tradition is really big, which I really appreciate. Holding on to like tradition and history and like passing that down is really beautiful. Sports are, are huge in the South too. Um, and that goes back into like family and community as well because the whole family and the whole community comes out to champion you and cheer you on and support you.
1: Was oh, it um, like in the stores, like on to the ball game type of stuff? Oh, a hundred percent. Wow. Uh, okay.
0: Yeah college or high school. Like the local local team has like a game, everything's shut down at five. We're going to the game, like don't call, don't bother. We are not here. Food is really big, but I mean like, I guess everyone, every area or region kind of has like their their food or their their recipes that they enjoy. But you know, catfish, fried chicken. I'm not a huge fan of greens, but that uh, is a thing in Mississippi. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good things in the South. I think family, community, and tradition are probably the the biggest ones. Also manners. Manners? Yeah, I feel like the hospitality (laughs) is something that is very unique to the South. It's so interesting, like coming out here.
1: Yeah, what did you start to pick up? Tell us some of the things that you started to notice.
0: I okay. would get in so much trouble. And it was like a reverse thing. It was like back home, if I did not say yes, ma'am, or yes, sir, like that's a call to your mama. You know, like, <laughs> do you know Dion? I mean, that's my middle name. My family calls me Dion. But like, they'd be like, do you know Dion did yeah. this, or he was rude, or he didn't say thank you, or yes, yes, sir, or yes, ma'am? And I would get in trouble for that. But out here, you say yes, ma'am, to a lady. <laughs> they will give you the smoke like <laughs> what are you trying to say like I'm not yes. old I'm like hey yes. like this is strictly out of respect like it has nothing to do with me aging you mm. my mother would actually bring a switch on me if I did not you know this is just me giving you your flowers you know but I definitely noticed you know that is not something that is uh, endeared or appreciated is back home and so I've just tried to be careful and be respectful where I can with that.
1: What do you think having the manners and the behaviors, like what do you, what would you notice that it created between like the dynamic between men and women?
0: Here or, or back home? Back
1: home. Cause when you come here, what did you start to feel when when you weren't able to necessarily express that as freely?
0: Oh, well, I mean, it, it's just really like in those moments where like it wasn't necessarily like appreciated with the yes man, but like, just their genuine like kindness and like really like trying to pour into people like that's always received well and i think like that has always been like a blessing for me to have like those manners and that hospitality because yeah in a city like la like you come across a lot of people that are like chasing after the wrong things and they get caught up in like you know the lifestyle or whatever else or how they can like maneuver around you and, and use you and i think like the values that we talked about like the these things like coming from the south and not being so caught up in, in some of that allows me to like build like some genuine relationships with people and and I feel like it's it's appreciated and like it allows me to I guess just move forward in like a positive way. Back home, I think I think it's just expected. You know, like if you don't have manners, then like. You are. Shameful. Yeah, like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> yeah. who raised you? Yeah. Who is your mom? Let wow. me call her, you know? Yeah, it's just, it's very expected. And like, yeah, if you do not carry yourself in a certain way, like, you, you're gonna get called off for it, for sure.
1: You as a football player in the South, you know, sometimes there's this idea that beyond sport, right? Like that you're an artist as well. You know, and an athlete can also be an artist in in the way that they see the world. How was it growing up as a creative in the South?
0: I think there, there really wasn't like a lot of representation. I think like on many fronts, First of all, just being like a young black man, not having like that representation of too many other black creatives in my life or like that I could look up to. But then also it's really kind of unheard of for someone that is like this football player, this tough guy to be like this artist that's, you know, kind of in touch with like these types of things. And that was definitely something like I would get teased on, you know, in the locker room. Like, oh, you draw and you paint like, who are you supposed to be? You know, like that kind of thing. So it was never really encouraged in that atmosphere
1: or that in that arena, so. how do you navigate that? I feel like there's so many people, you know, artists and, and just people in general that they kind of feel like they're siloed in their interests. They feel like they're not necessarily around people that understand them and have similar interests. What skills did you use to be able to still hold on to your interests while you were surrounded by people that didn't quite understand them?
0: It was really tough to navigate because I think in that locker room there's a certain attitude or dynamic that you you have to have at some level at least like you're on a team with 60, 70 other guys all with their own sets of like problems or issues or you know trying to assert dominance in different ways and and appear like as tough and alpha as they can. And I mean, like that was just maybe something that I needed to compartmentalize and keep like separate. And I just knew like coming into like that space, like there was like a different, mode or mindset you needed to have or like a focus. And so, yeah, I would just show up as a football player there. And then in other spaces, uh, whether in my art classes or in my graphic design classes, I'm way more like chill and like not as on edge and ready to defend myself or stand up for myself in certain ways or assert any type of dominance. Like I was way more relaxed and comfortable and able to be free or like expressive. And it's just definitely just a different attitude or, or mindset feeling
1: what would you say now if you were able to have kind of a conversation with someone who had certain views with regard to masculinity and and alpha what would your perspective be and sharing with them now what would you want them to hear
0: oh there's no rules the rules are fake you don't have to be this perception of like this man that they're telling you to be like who says that you can't be a creative or you can't like flowers or you can't wear pink or I feel like even with that there's certain things with that certain colors you can wear them in certain ways that still make you look like tough or something like that but it's like yeah there's no rules to that and I think once you have confidence in that you are your own person and like a man is not dictated by how much alpha energy like he gives off or like how tough he appears to be once you finally realize that and like live like whatever like your truth is I think like that confidence will be even better for you and i think like people will appreciate that and respect it even more
1: what type of things would you say you would start to do to foster confidence like what type of things do you think help actually create confidence in someone or in you
0: things that i necessarily yeah. started to yeah. do. yeah what things yeah.
1: do you kind of rely on or are things that you pour into that help you build that confidence
0: i think it first started with the people that I was surrounding myself with giving me like that space to be able to be myself and to tell me like, yo, like, what's wrong with you wanting to go to the flower market? Who are you concerned about, you know, and what does that mean if you go to the flower market? So they would ask me like these very real questions and like, it would challenge me like, wait, why is it a problem for me to do this or be vulnerable in this way or to do things that I would assume like some other men would think like, oh, like that's soft like, <laughs> Mm -hmm. Like who are you worried about? I think like that was the first step, just having the right people in my life that gave me that space to be myself and support me in that way. And then I guess that kind of opened the door for me to realize, yo, I do like the flower mart, you know, or I do, or there's nothing wrong with like talking about your feelings or being like expressive in these ways or vulnerable. Yeah, I'm just very thankful for like some of the people I've been having in my life for the past few years.
1: What are some of the things that you like to do to practice kind of? expressing yourself
0: like the flower market is is definitely one of those things
1: and what's the flower market for people that are not familiar
0: it's the original Los Angeles flower market It's here in downtown LA right behind the, the fashion district honestly I'm not sure how long it's been here but it apparently is like a staple in the city for sure and it's like a block away from me so I normally go like every Saturday morning yeah it's just a beautiful space like You get to see like all these different vendors and all these flowers. And then like I'm building like relationships because I'm like a people person. I love to talk. So like I like to talk to the vendors and like learn about like the flowers. And even that is like letting walls down because it's like, yeah, I'm learning about like different types of flowers where I feel like most people just would be like, most guys would be like, no, I'm not going to the flower Mm. market. And at least like that was my attitude before. Like I was just not about it. So definitely like the flower market, I just recently got back into painting. Like I hadn't really painted since college, some of my college classes. This was something I've been really wanting to get back to like for a long time. And then just realizing about like with painting, like it's your really your own expression. And I feel like no one can really, I feel like we sometimes we get in a space in art where we just really feel like, oh, like it has to look a certain way yeah. or some a certain person like has to validate it for it to be like good or, you know, something of quality. But I think like, as long as it's something that is important or like something you take on with passion, like that's what's beautiful, you know? And that's what like makes it special and unique.
1: You realize, you know, sometimes you can be a little scared to do something that you don't know if you'll be good at. Mm-hmm. How did you lean into like being okay with it not necessarily being good, you know? How does one practice stepping into that more often?
0: It was definitely like a buildup for me, like something I had to like talk myself into, like, you know, like there should be no pressure here. Like mm. this is just for you. Like, you know, it's really like a release or like a moment for you to like be with yourself and like enjoy like this moment and like just, you know, let your hands move like freely. Yeah, and there's no expectation. Like you're not painting for anyone or any specific thing, like. You just want to really just have fun, create like a body of work that you yourself can just appreciate the fact that you like did it,
1: you know? There's so many things that we pursue because it's like, well, what is the goal there? You know, people really want you to kind of answer that. Like you need to have that tangible reason why you're exploring that. Are you strategic with how you do that? I'm always curious about, you know, strategies for creativity. Do you have like allocated time that you kind of know that you need to kind of explore or... It's just whenever you come to it.
0: It's kind of a little bit of both. I think that since COVID, I think things have been kind of shaken up. And so we're all, you know, at least for me, or I can at least speak for myself and like other people I've had like the conversation with, like coming back to like self and finding ways to like spend time with yourself or like what things like make you happy. And I think with like the painting, sometimes it's not planned, you know? I might just have a tough day and, but then at the end of it, like I have some free times. Yo, like I'm gonna set this time aside to be able to like paint, I'm gonna, have dinner, I'm gonna smoke my cigar, and then I'm gonna come in here and put on some music, and I'm gonna just, you know, vibe and just relax. That's just like a little both in that sense where you, you kind of planned it, just it just kind of happened that you had that time. But then, I mean, if it's a specific project or something that I'm working towards, I definitely have to like set aside time to brainstorm or pull ideas together.
1: We had um, our buddy Nicholas Kolpak on the podcast, and we were saying one of the things that many people have struggled with is like, how do I give myself permission to enjoy that experience? Because there has been, you know, friction or almost like a guilt and shame that sometimes people feel to actually enjoy life. You know, like to listen to the music, to smoke the cigar for you, to paint. What would you say to someone who feels guilty for creating those little moments in their day?
0: What do you mean, like, well, why would they feel guilty <laughs> for having those moments?
1: I think it's it's just kind of come up, like, some of it is some of the programming of, you know, I should be doing this, or I should be working, and there's just this, I wouldn't say misconception, but some people have expressed with us that it's just a challenge to enjoy themselves, you know? Mm. As someone, you know, for you, we really respect that about you. It seems that you have found a way to design your life where you have these even micro moments of joy. How did you come to that? I
0: don't know. I guess just at some point, like, I just realized, like, yo, you definitely need to make time for yourself and you should not feel any kind of way about that. Like, we all need time for ourselves. Like, especially like right now with everything that's been going on. And I tell like my friends and family, like, make time for you, protect your peace. Like, do things that serve you. Like, not in a selfish way, but like, make time for yourself. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. If there are things in your life that are bringing you negativity or like just putting you in a place where like they're downing your spirits, like respectfully, like, Avoid or remove that situation, you know? That's not really selfish. Like, are you gonna run yourself into the ground because you're, you know, you're not making time for yourself or you're worried about like whatever this thing is that's like bringing negativity in your life is gonna feel like? No, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. I think the cigars and stuff yeah, maybe we have comes to talk easy yeah, yeah. <laughs> because like that's something that my dad does and so mm. I got that from him and like love to like just sit back and relax with my guys or whoever else doesn't mind like the the smoke I mean my mother yes. does not like to be around <laughs> us at all but I think like that's something that's was already a hobby of mine and then like as getting older and realizing like you need to make time for yourself what things make you happy oh you like smoking cigars and you know enjoying like a view of people watching while you're doing it like do that like make that time for yourself if that brings you peace after like a long day then there's nothing wrong with that
1: how often do you check in to see if you need time for you
0: oh i think every day for me for sure but it comes in different ways like i don't necessarily have to like smoke the cigar and just to have like time for myself Mm -hmm. time for myself can also be going on a run i mean i think like that's like something that allows me to be in like my own zone i guess escaping whatever stress i had for the day and letting it like melt away with the run i'm able to kind of push myself and push my body in ways that kind of, I don't know, kind of bring me back to like sports in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's just like, it's a nice relief. Um, I know that it's
1: something that's benefiting like my
0: body as well, so.
1: Do you think that there is a connection for people with using physical movement as as something to foster emotional well being.
0: I think so. I think at least for me, it definitely can always help like a stressful situation for me. I'm not sure what the science is behind it or anything, how or why it works that way. But no, normally for me, like I can go into a run upset or frustrated or stressed or something, and then upon you know, finishing that run. Like whatever I was dealing with before then it's kind of, you know, calmed.
1: And will you talk to us a little bit about the running? So has that always been the case for you or running is something that you've kind of grown into?
0: I hated running. I was always, you know, we just had to run sprints or something for football or for sports and anything distance, I would just not be about it. I would want to throw a fit. And I think that, uh, yeah, I always kind of had the stamina for it, I would say, but It was just boring to me because it seemed like something that wasn't challenging, something that was slow. It was something that would take up like a lot of your time. And I just didn't really see like a benefit of it. I think like after football ended, you know, I still wanted to stay in shape. And I don't know how I came across this idea, but just something about like, oh, like go for like a run before your workout just to kind of warm you up and get your heart kind of racing. Could not stand it but I felt like I needed it, you know, to kind of get me warmed up and start a sweat. And I would run like a mile or so before my workout. And uh, I just remember, and I was like, ah, this takes so long. Like, I don't want to be running for like 15 minutes. Like, why do I need to run for 15 minutes? So I remember I would just start to run like faster and faster to try and get it over with. And then I would just realize like, yo shit, like you actually can run pretty decent and like, so then it was a matter of, can you go further, you know? And then it was introducing like music to it, which I guess before, like, yeah, I I don't think I was listening to music when I first started. It was just really just a quick thing. Yeah, and so I just really got into it. Me and my family would do like the Crescent City Classic, which is like a 10K in uh, New Orleans. Um, So I would get competitive with my father and it just continued to build on. So I've been running for about, I would say 10 years now.
1: This is nice, you bring up so many interesting points in that and like having the patience to kind of stick with something enough to actually start to kind of enjoy you know, what you're doing. And sometimes that takes time, like we'll start something and then go, it's not for me, but there is like a window in which you have to kind of stay committed to something to be able to like reap the beautiful benefits of that thing. And, and then you bring in the music. So it's like, we always talk about crafting your life and bringing in like the beautiful layers 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 and details and moments that make the experience even more enjoyable. I didn't think about that.
0: I never really thought about it from that aspect about like how we, if something is unenjoyable at mm-hmm. first, how sometimes we can be so quick to like give it up. I definitely knew that like, I did not like running, but like didn't think of it from the aspect of like, yo, like this was something you really stuck with, even though there probably were plenty of other things like you just didn't like at first and just were like, this is not serving me. So yeah. I'm done
1: with it. Yeah, my, my dad would always say like, see it through. Mm-hmm. And you know, so that didn't mean that you had to end up loving the thing, but it did mean that you had to give it enough time to be able to see if that's something that you could find joy in. And you've done this with running a little bit. It seems like you've had this evolution of something, going from something you hate to something that you do regularly.
0: I can relate to your dad on that. I think like that's a a lesson in sports, like finishing strong or seeing it through. Like don't quit, like finish the drill, finish the play, finish the game. Perseverance.
1: Can you talk to us about what rituals right now would you say that, I mean, running is one of them that you're doing, but what is a ritual that you would say that you need to put down or want to put down and maybe some that you'd like to pick up?
0: Um, As much as I love smoking cigars, Mm -hmm. I know it's not completely healthy for me and I probably do it way more often than I need to. I definitely need to drink more water. (laughs) Uh,
1: We share this. Obviously, we're in your beautiful home. Is there something for you with regard to design that you look for in an environment or a space or something? Like what are the things for you? That when you're thinking about design that you consider? It's interesting
0: that you you asked that because it's definitely been something that like I have grown to also like really enjoy like in interior design or like laying out like my home in like a very aesthetically like pleasing way like that's not something I ever like really cared about before now you, you think about like quality and like materials and in certain like uh, design styles. It's so like intricate and I don't know, fascinating. Like I just never thought like I would be into it. And like Pinterest, like that is not something that I ever oh thought I would be into. Uh, <laughs> but I use Pinterest for everything. Now. Do you? Yeah, for sure. Yeah
1: and what would you say is just like the importance of it for you like what does it make you feel like
0: just in reference to like you know your home being somewhere like that's where you spend majority of time like that's where you want to host your family or your friends and like you want it to be a space that you enjoy that you feel comfortable in that you like to look at i don't know maybe even some ways like show off in certain ways like it doesn't have to be like a, in an ugly or like super like look at me way but you want to be like proud you know of your space and of your home Just the same way in like your work and design, like you wanna show it off, like you wanna be proud, you wanna finish through, like you want these things to be something that is like timeless and like long lasting.
1: Do you feel that you have a strong sense of purpose in your life?
0: I think so. I think that it's definitely been a long journey, trying to figure that out. Just realizing that like, it's mine to own. First and foremost, it is not something that someone else should be dictating for me or me trying to live up to someone else's expectation or what like they see for me, but just coming to the realization that like it's something like you got to figure out for yourself what's going to like make you happy. Yeah, and I mean I think like also realizing it can be multiple things. It doesn't need to just necessarily just be like one path there's like multiple things that like I feel like I have a purpose or like want to accomplish in life or change the narrative on like different things yeah but for sure.
1: What sort of things would you use personally to measure that sort of thing? Like, what sort of things, if someone said to you, you know, what are the things that make you feel comfortable in your purpose? What what sort of things come to mind for you?
0: I think seeing, like, are you impacting or influencing mm-hmm. people in the, in the right way or in a positive way? I think one purpose for me that is, I feel like this is bigger than just myself, I think is, like, changing the narrative with Black men and their masculinity and and, you know, how vulnerable they are with each other or, you know, with just the world. And I think, like, I've been slowly, like, building a community of friends and peers in which, like, you know, where we create this space where we can talk about, like, some of these things and you don't, you know, normally I think, like, the default answer, you know, when you ask guys, like, hey, how you doing? Like, I'm good, like, you know. <laughs> yes. I'm good. Yeah. But, like, nah, Virginia. you're not, like, what's mm. up? Oh, I'm dealing with this. Or like, I'm hurt about this. Or I love those conversations, and I really enjoy them. Like because you know you don't have to to keep that in. You know, if you have a community or a friend group of people that you can be honest and real with, that's healing. You know, and that's growth. Like you don't have to have these scars that you hold on your own. Like you can share this with like this community, and they can you know give you the support or feedback you need to kind of work through that or, you know, give you their own experiences in which like, hey, like this is how I dealt with something similar. Like this is how I made it through that. Like, you know, and I think like, yeah, essentially, like that's just a a positive thing that benefits like us all. And that's why I say like that purpose is beyond like something like it's just for myself. Like I just, hopefully like that is something that like shifts a whole, culture in a way you
1: know what is something that might be an obstacle that you're facing that you might feel comfortable sharing with us that you might not have shared or something that people might not know what's been a challenge for you in your life most recently?
0: I have a lot more feelings and emotions than like I was ever able to like uh, express or be allowed to feel before. I think like growing up, I was always told to kind of keep it in or like be tough or like don't show weakness or emotion. Real men don't, you know, do these things. And I think like, I don't think like that's entirely true, you know. I don't think like the measure of a man is, is a matter of like him showing emotion or vulnerability. And I think like me just realizing like that truth that you are allowed to to be vulnerable, you can show moments of emotion. I think like that's something like I'm working through. I think like maybe it's been bottled up for a long time, and so learning how to like regulate that to where just like you have it closed up for so long, and then finally you you realize oh oh I can let this out, and just you don't want it to like overwhelm. It. Yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's a balance there, and like trying to figure out like how to manage like those emotions and feelings and like how to communicate them effectively therapy is something that i have not done yet but mm-hmm. definitely something that I would love to do. It was something I had built myself up to, you know, to, to go through before COVID had happened. I had, you know, put it out there to my friends that like, hey, like, I'm really serious about going to therapy. I really want to start. You know, I was reaching out to people, asking for recommendations. I was also very nervous. I think I romanticized like the situation so much because I love to talk to people, but I want it to be somebody like I'm comfortable with and like that gets me and that's relatable. And I think like I was scared that I wasn't going to find the right person and I was going to be jumping from therapist to therapist, trying to find the right fit. And then eventually it was going to just throw me off of it altogether. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, oh, well, this isn't for me. Like, I can't find the right person. Like So I was definitely scared about that. And I think like I was dragging my feet and I think like COVID happened. And then it was like, oh, well, clearly like you can't do that now. I think it shifted in the way that they do things. I think from some people that I know that do do therapy. They say it's like a FaceTime thing or over the phone, which I'm not like opposed to anything, but I think, like I said, I think like I've romanticized the situation so much. I haven't like this amazing bond with this therapist that I can go like just lay down on this comfortable couch yeah. and like yeah. just talk about my feelings and like they get me and they yeah. ask challenging questions and all this and I'm like, this is just not turning out to be like this perfect situation that I had envisioned. And it kinda, yeah, honestly, like kinda, it, it scares me even more. I think also it's just, it's not something that is common in the South. It is perceived as if, if you go to therapy, like you're crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I haven't even talked, I haven't spoken to my family about it and not that they have necessarily made me feel that way. But I think like just the idea of the South and like uh, that dynamic has just been nervous, made me nervous to talk to them about that. I don't think they wouldn't be they wouldn't be supportive of it. I mm-hmm. think they definitely would. But. Yeah, I mean, that's just like another factor that just has me like nervous about it altogether.
1: Being someone who seeks out disrupting narratives you know, this is one fun one for you to play with in terms of, you know, we're only going stepping into something when a crisis has happened. Like now we actively are curious about prevention and proactive, but I would definitely say there's been this like romanticized idea of, you know, what therapists can be from movies and things that we've seen. So we go, where did we get this kind of narrative? Where did we get this idea? That's a connection, right? And in any connection, there's risk.
0: It's funny that you're you're talking about, um, I know this is not at the same level, but just about like taking the risk or essentially letting go things for the possibility. Mm-hmm. I've been learning like to have to like let go of certain things. I think like with going out to eat, like I'm so focused on like where exactly like I go to eat, because I want like the meal to be like amazing. And so like there'll be times where like maybe debating with friends on like where we're going to go and there's a new place. But I'm like, I don't know if I want to mm-hmm. try it because like, you don't want to take this risk. Yeah. But I've been learning to like let go of things and it's translated from like, even though it started from just like choosing the restaurant or doing something new and taking like this risk is also teaching me in other things to be able to be like, yo, like you don't have to control this situation like you can take like this risk like see where it goes, like it might end up being something like you enjoy, you like, or like a new practice, you know?
1: What is your process when you're designing? Like how do you surrender to the creation, to the work? You know, how do you bring that in? Because it is, you've been able to do that successfully with your career, with art, what's your strategy in doing that?
0: I think like it's just having the mindset that things can always be like pushed. Me and my friends always talk about like, there's always another level, you know, like never settle for like the first draft or like this peak that you've gotten to or whatever that case may be. There's always another place in which it can be pushed. You know, some of my mentors at work, like they tell me similar things, like might come up with a concept and they're like, oh, I think like it could be pushed in these ways. Like, have you thought about this, this or that? Yeah, just challenging yourself to be able to think in new ways. As far as, like, leaving things behind, I think you just, yeah, you can't be scared to, like, do something different or step outside of, like, these comfort zones that, you know, we're talking about, like, these risks. Just because something is effective and worked Mm, good for one project does not mean that sequence or design system or something will work for this one, you know? Like, you also have to constantly be studying, in a sense, you know, just uh, looking at inspiration, be open to new things, new experiences.
1: How do you learn when there's another level and when you need to let something be?
0: I think you can always pull it back. It's better to have over-prepared in the situation. That's something that I've learned these past few years. Yeah, I've had some really great mentors in my career and teammates that have kind of taught me that, like, hey, like it's better to go hard on the front end of it and then let someone just tell you, like, hey, like, I think this is a cool idea, but maybe this is a little bit more than, like, what we need. So let's bring it back down to here. As opposed to, like, showing up short-handed and then it's like, you know, they want more. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, the preparation that goes into it is like working, 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 like refining, pushing, pushing until like you get to a point to where like, you, I feel like it's a natural thing. Like you'll feel like if something is not necessarily working and you've exhausted that direction. (laughs) But I think like it's the best practice is like, yeah, like over prepare, over deliver. And so like that way you can always dial it back as opposed to like
1: just showing up and then underwhelming you kind of keep this challenge network what sort of characteristics do you look for in those people in your challenge network and leadership for someone who maybe doesn't feel like they have that in their life right now but they'd like to foster that
0: i think first and foremost i think that like this network is gonna be like my family you know like i'm looking for that family element first and foremost like is this someone like i enjoy spending time with or talking to is this someone like i respect Is able to communicate like effectively to me. Are they are they giving me like tough love? Are they scared to like be real with me? You know, keep it honest. Like, I think there's a lot of different variables there. I just want it to be like a natural, genuine connection, first and foremost. But yeah, then beyond that, it's just like, are you gonna hold me accountable? Are you gonna tell me like it is? Like, I don't want you to sugarcoat it. I don't want you to let me stop at that first draft. Like, you see like this potential that's there, like, then say that. Like, yeah, be honest. Don't, oh yeah, like it's it's not bad. Like, it's cool. If it's something that you see more, like, Alrick, I think you need to do this. I think you need to push this. I mean, beyond work, In the same thing in like life, like the friends that I hold close, like they challenge me in the same way. Like, hey man, I don't think you necessarily handled that situation in the right way for this reason and that reason. Like, maybe you need to think about this or revisit this, this, that, and the other. Yeah, I like being challenged, like in a healthy way, in a healthy environment. Same way, like I like competition in the same way. I like healthy competition. But yeah, I think first and foremost. I'm looking for like that genuine connection. Like, are you going to be like my brother, my sister, like kind of thing? Like, am I going to have you over for dinner? Like, you know what I'm saying? And are we going to enjoy talking to each other? Can I give you the same thing? Can you rely on me in the Mm -hmm. same way? Do you trust my work ethic? And do you trust like my instincts? Like, do you trust like my feedback as well? And I think like, I've just been very fortunate to like have like these people close in my life. And I think some of them have just kind of fell into my lap in a way. I must say like I I got some really great people like around me in this time and I've been very thankful about
1: it. The difficult thing is like deciphering, like you said, is it healthy? Is it reciprocal? Because ultimately I think that, you know, showing up for those challenges or those competitions ultimately do feel great and they do contribute to our fulfillment and our joy.
0: Yeah. But it's like you said, like you have to show up. You do. Like you want the smoke, you, need to, you gotta show up. <laughs> Yeah. If you're asking for the smoke, then you need to be able to take it. You need to handle it. Like you're asking for like this feedback. Hey, what do you think? Like if you trust their judgment and they're telling you like it's not there, then all right, cool, bet. Like,
1: yeah. We um, are always curious here on the podcast about the senses. So, what is one of your favorite things to eat or taste? Oysters, for sure. Oysters.
0: Yeah, it's also some nostalgia for me as well. Grandfather, my mom's dad, like my best friend. I just uh, talk about like how tough my father was on me, but I think like my grandfather was way softer on me. And I think my my parents would say that he let me get away with things. Yeah. and That's probably why I cared about him, you know, just appreciated him so much. But it was one of the things I used to remember him doing. Like uh, when we would go to visit him, he would get like a, they lived on the coast in Mississippi and uh, he would go down to the harbor and he would get like a sack of oysters and uh, he would sit in the backyard and he would just shuck oysters and uh, he would just make me sit there. Well, he wouldn't make because I would want to be around him. Like I just really just loved his energy and just being around him. Yeah, and he would just shuck oysters. We would have like a Barks root beer in a bottle. That's a that's a big thing in, in Mississippi, I know. like i just made like emphasis on the bottle, but like yeah. Barks root beer is it a did. huge thing okay. in, in Mississippi. But uh, yeah, just having like a Barks root beer, watching him shuck oysters, he would make me like, hey, Dion, like try one of these. Like just, you know, just try. And back then it'd be like, ah, oh, this is yeah. gross and yeah, yeah. slimy. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, oh, why would you do this to me? But no, I just, I think like eating them now just always just reminds me of him. It just like brings me closer to him. So anywhere that has like oysters on the menu, like I'm game, like please run them, run <laughs> them to the <laughs> table. Yeah, so oysters.
1: What's your favorite scent right now?
0: There are a couple of different scents that like when I come across them, they I know that they make me feel a certain way or they remind me of something. Like Sonora Town, that's right out here, this really amazing Mexican uh, restaurant. They always have the fire going and it's just you can just smell like the flavor in the air and even though it is not necessarily something i'm eating at the moment like <laughs> <laughs> trying to get ready for summer uh it is something that like every time i pass by just like wow like that smells amazing it reminds me of like yo know, like that's my community like the the owners i remember like when they started up the restaurant and i would just like yeah like i said i like i like to talk to people i like chatting people up so like i would being there, talking to them and learning about like their story. So, you know, smelling that just reminds me of like them and community and just uh, just appreciating them and like how successful like they've come up in this neighborhood. I don't know if it's a particular like flower or smell, but I know like walking into like the flower mark and like smelling like it just feels like fresh, like that's always a really good feeling. Creole seasoning is another thing. Anything that has some type of like creole like flair or seasoning spice that always like it just reminds me of home, even though like if I'm smelling it out here, like I'm not too pressed to try it because I don't want to be disappointed mm. but uh, the
1: surrender you have to give us a go uh,
0: <laughs> I'm scared i'm not gonna lie I'm scared, but that that reminds me of home, like just it reminds me of like. Either being like in New Orleans with my family or like my grandparents cooking or something like that. Will
1: you talk to us about the choice to work within a company and, and what does that provide for you? What is the appeal in being within a company as a creative?
0: I think it's, it's interesting because in school, this was not something that they prepared us for. I think like they gave us like the skill sets to do these jobs, but they didn't necessarily. Prepare us for either going into freelance or going in a more in-house situation or agency and that is not to say that like that was not a good program because I think like it was a really good program. I mm-hmm. think I have a lot of peers and my like, classmates that have were super talented and went on to do some like amazing work. But I do just remember like there wasn't much talk about like preparing for like that next step, even like for freelance. Like we didn't know like how to charge for things mm-hmm. and like how to set ourselves up for success in that way. And I think like that was the first initial factor for me wanting to go into an in-house situation because I didn't necessarily know how to do it on my own I didn't know what I should be charging I didn't necessarily know like a process or anything like that like honestly like in my freelance process like there are things that I'm still figuring out you know but I think being in-house provides like some sort of security, community as well. I love like working on a team and collaborating with people, so I think like that is a huge plus. I love like that dynamic of being able to lean on like the mentors or whoever to be able to like jump over to the desk like, hey, like how are you feeling about this? I I just appreciate like I can just reach out and like touch those people. Yeah, and just like that dynamic of working with people, giving off that good energy, like being a good teammate, like all those things I think are also things like I'd probably take from like football as well just being in like a team situation and being able to like lean on each other. I think it's a it's a mix of that, not really being sure how to go off on my own to begin with to knowing that I do like working in team situations. So
1: yeah. How have you learned to express like your taste as a skill?
0: I know that I always like minimal, lots of negative space like uh, simple things. And I think at some point when I realized you don't have to. I think we talked about this earlier in art. Just, you know, whatever you like you're passionate about and like you do well, like there's nothing wrong with that like being your way of doing things or being like a right way. You're it's passionate, it's done well. I think I realized that coming out of school, like I had like a certain aesthetic people were giving me confidence in that because they were like oh like I love like your aesthetic or your style and like maybe that was something that helped me lean into it more and like there were situations in which like I was asked to do a different aesthetic that Mm -hmm. wasn't necessarily mine and I would always find that sometimes like that was frustrating because it was like this isn't really like what I do or I don't necessarily like believe like this is the way in which like it should be done and I'll admit like that's not necessarily like the best attitude to have. Um, Definitely should be, I can't think of the the word, but just able to kind of be able to to adjust, I guess, so to speak. But I think wanting to be in a place where people came to me for like my aesthetic or the way that I do things like was what drove me to, to double down on that and be confident. Like, hey, you have a nice clean style, like continue to refine that. And yeah, like people will just continue to like give you confidence and reach out to you for like how well your work is. And I mean, yeah.
1: Have you found it beneficial for artists to then seek out being at a place that also honors kind of similar vision? Or do you think that the artist, it's okay that they're somewhere that maybe that their style is not reflected in in the work that they do? I think that's
0: interesting. Uh, I think that there's there's two sides to that. I think like sometimes it is beneficial to seek out a place of work that like does exactly like what you're trying to do. But then also I think like what's cool about our team, we all have like different disciplines and different like aesthetics. Mm-hmm. Which I think is like so cool because like we can lean into like these different avenues and you know, be expressive in different ways. I think yeah, I think that's what's really cool about like our team. Like some of the art directors like have a completely different style than I might have, or the next person, but like they can bring an idea to the table for a new campaign that is just like fresh and authentic and like something that hasn't been seen before, as opposed to like, if we're all just doing the same thing, like not to say that that can't be, I think in certain situations it makes sense, but for like a company that is expressive and shows attitude and authenticity and culture and like all these different things, like I think it benefits to have you know different artists with different skill sets and different disciplines and aesthetics like but if you were a, a design agency that specifically like focused on like restaurant branding or Mm -hmm. something like that. Like you would want artists that like lean into that, you know, that like know how to do very clean, like layouts or like, uh, you know, anything that goes into like that type of branding. But I think like, you know, where I work, I think it is highly beneficial for us all to have like different point of view and different aesthetic for sure. I think that's something that like I'm also learning like another thing uh, this past year for sure. You talk about like, Having different point of views and stuff. Like this empathy for other people, being willing to be open minded and to listen to, like, you're not gonna have all the answers on your own. And you'd be, you know, naive to, to think that, like, you could just figure it out by yourself. I mean, this world is filled with so many different people and uh, experiences and cultures, ethnicities, whatever, you know, like, uh, there's so much that I feel like we can all, like, learn and take from each other. So, diversity is definitely something I think is beneficial.
1: What does it mean to you to honor your life?
0: I think that it would just be to really be true to myself. I think like letting go of whatever anyone else's expectations were of me and just really just yeah, living my life to the fullest. Giving good energy to people. I think that that was uh, something I struggled with when I was younger. I think that I definitely had all the tools to be very manable and like respectful and just give out this good energy. But yeah, for when I was younger, I think like I was dealing with a lot of different things and like trying to fit in. And I think like some of these situations weren't as positive as I would have hoped them to be. And I was seeing that like I was coming from these situations and like, yeah, it would just be negative. And I think that like, I just want to make sure to move through life and give people like the best of me, a good experience. I wanna live like whatever like my truth and my purpose is. Give honor back to like my my family and my parents. Like appreciate them for the things that they've done. Pour into other people as well. Make sure like they are the people around me are moving forward together. I think like those things would would make me feel like I have honored my life in a way.
1: Thank you so much for sharing just who you are and like we follow you on social and I know that people on the podcast will start following you on social and start going to the flower mart with you. <laughs> we always say my girls, my guys, my group. So you're def- you're part of the group now and I know that people will reach out and be curious about who you are. And yeah, just thank you for gifting us some of, of yourself.
0: No, thank you. Yeah. I, I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. i mean this was a fun one we went and spoke about so many different things and i hope that it brought up a lot of insight for you and helped you start to ask yourself some of these questions and ask each other some of these questions because it is through this sort of communication and expansion and exploration that we get to evolve together Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, we ask that you share, subscribe and review on the podcast. It helps us continue to have these conversations and we'll see you next time.